Welcome to Snazzy Stories. Put some pepper in thy step and lend an ear to the terrific tales of the past. If you would like to keep the storytelling alive, please go to patreon.com slash snazzy stories and donate to my storytelling adventure. Also, subscribe to Snazzy Stories on podcast apps, Spotify, iTunes, or go to snazzystories.com and leave an awesome review. Today's story is about a person named Lavinia Ellen Ream, also known as Vinnie Ream. Vinnie was born on September 25th, 1847 in Madison, Wisconsin. Her father worked as a surveyor in Madison, which at the time was considered the frontier. She was raised in a log cabin, and most of her childhood friends were Native Americans. Vinnie showed exceptional talent at a young age. When she was 10, her father came home with a guitar in hand and a book of songs purchased from a traveling salesman. The salesman had promised to stay long enough to teach his customers how to play, but alas, he disappeared into the night probably off to the next town to sell his wares. However, no teacher was needed for Vinnie. She taught herself to play the guitar, and in three weeks, she had learned all the songs in the book. Then she proceeded to teach the other five who had purchased the guitar and songbook from the traveling salesman. All of them were adults. They would come to her log cabin every night for their guitar lessons. Vinnie and her group of musicians soon had a group name, Little Vin's Musicians. The band performed at social gatherings such as barn raisings and hoedowns in Wisconsin. She and her family eventually moved to Missouri, and she continued to learn musical instruments. She became a master harp and banjo player. When she was 14, she and her family moved to Washington, D.C. in 1861. Vinnie was introduced to the horrors of war at a young age. It was the first year of the Civil War, and Washington was a bit chaotic. As they rode in carriages or walked through the streets, they would pass makeshift hospitals. The windows were often open, and she could hear the screams and cries of the sick and dying soldiers as she passed by. The streets of Washington, D.C. were cluttered with army wagons, cannons, as well as animals like chickens, ducks, and pigs that were eating the garbage in the streets. Amid the craziness of Washington, D.C., she spotted a man who was taller than all around him with a stovepipe hat. Abraham Lincoln calmly made his way through the tumultuous streets of D.C., which seemed to be the picture of his presidency. His years in the presidential office were chaotic and stressful, yet he seemed to work through it with a sense of calm and dignity. As Lincoln continued through the streets, Vinnie was taken back by how he even dared walk the streets of Washington during such a time because many people in Washington favored the Confederacy cause. But the sighting of the president made a profound impact on her. While Vinnie was in D.C., she acquired a job as a clerk in the post office. But with any free time she could find, she would go sightseeing in Washington. Having an amazing ability with the arts, it is no wonder that the statues in her city drew her into their beauty. The statues compelled her to spend hours inspecting the smooth surfaces of their faces. She was inspired by the fact that someone had created such emotion out of a slab of stone. She decided she wanted to learn to sculpt and create like this. Not only did Vinnie have many artistic talents and the ability to hone those talents quickly, 
but she also had the ability to meet people and make friends quite easily. Her father said of Vinny she could, quote, charm the pearl out of an oyster, unquote. Vinny had met a U.S. congressman named James Rollins of Missouri while they had lived in that state, and he recognized her artistic skills. While he was in Washington, he took her to see a master sculptor named Clark Mills. He was famous in Washington, D.C. for his work. When Vinny met Mills, he tossed a lump of clay in her direction and said she could make a model of anything she wanted. She wrote that, quote, I felt at once that I, too, could model it. In a few hours, I produced a medallion of an Indian chief's head, unquote. Clark Mills was not expecting her model to be as good as it turned out to be. He was very impressed, and she soon became his student and assistant. Vinnie's ability to learn so quickly became a lucrative endeavor. She was soon earning money as an artist. She would sculpt people when they came to her, and in fact, many congressmen came to her to have their likeness sculpted. But there was one person she longed to sculpt since the day she had seen him walking in the streets of D.C., Abraham Lincoln. Not only had she been riveted by watching the President of the United States walk around in public during such a time of unrest, but she also felt a connection to him. Like him, she had also grown up in a log cabin, and she felt sympathy for the man attempting to keep the Union together. The Civil War had ripped her family apart. Her brother ran away to fight with the Confederacy, but the rest of her family supported the Union. She felt and could identify with, even on a small scale, with the president, the anguish of the division in the country. Every time she saw him pass by, she focused on his face to hopefully be able to start her sculpture of him and be able to get his likeness just right. But she could never seem to get it right. She needed to be in the same room with him if she were ever to sculpt the president correctly. Again, being friends with a congressman had its perks. Congressman Rollins was the key to getting to the president. She asked her friend, the congressman, to ask the president if she could create a bust of the president while he worked. She told Rollins to let Lincoln know that she would be, quote, quiet as a mouse, unquote. Abe and Mary Lincoln had just lost their 11-year-old son, Willie, to typhoid fever in February of 1862, and were still grieving their loss when Vinnie's request was made which, oddly enough, was the right time to ask because the thought of having a younger person around the White House again seemed to brighten Abraham Lincoln's spirits. And he was interested in the story of this young female sculptor who had grown up in a log cabin and who now was a student of the famous Clark Mills. The now 17-year-old Vinnie Reams began visiting the White House just before Christmas to sculpt a bust of President Lincoln. Over the next five months, she made many half-hour-long visits to the White House to finally get her sculpture of Abraham Lincoln just right. In her diary, she wrote about her visits with him. Quote, I sat in my corner and begged Mr. Lincoln not to allow me to disturb him. He seemed to find a sort of companionship in being with me, although we talked but little. I made him think of Willie, and he often said so, and as often wept. I remember him especially in two attitudes. The first was with his great form slouched down into a chair at his desk, his head bowed upon his chest, deeply thoughtful. 
I think at these times he was with his generals on the battlefield. The second was at the window watching for Willie, where he had always watched the boy playing every afternoon at the window. Sometimes great tears rolled down his cheeks. He seemed a man of unfathomable sorrow. He never told a funny story, and he rarely smiled. He had been painted and modeled before, but when he learned that I was poor, he granted me the sittings for no other purpose than that I was a poor girl. Had I been the greatest sculptor in the world, I am sure that he would have refused at that time." Unquote. On the fateful day of April 14, 1865, Vinnie went to the White House, as she had on many previous occasions. She worked her half-hour session in the White House, and she had almost finished her clay molding of the president when she left the White House that day. She had no idea that would be the last time she would see him as she finished up her session. That night, Abraham Lincoln attended Ford's Theater, was shot, and died the next day. After the assassination of President Lincoln, Congress decided to appropriate $10,000 to hire a sculptor to create a life-size statue of President Abraham Lincoln. The sculpture would be placed in the rotunda in the Capitol building. Most sculptors around the United States competed for the honor of using their artistic abilities to create a tribute to their late president. Vinnie was also one of the sculptors who threw her hat into the ring for this honor and the $10,000. She wrote a letter to Congress letting them know about her recent work with President Lincoln. Again, her powerful friends with influence did help her out with her plea to become the one to create Lincoln's statue. Congressman Rollins and Senator Edmund Ross of Kansas supported her. They brought her molding of Lincoln that she had done to show the other congressmen. But also, many congressmen had commissioned her in the past to do sculptures of themselves. They were very impressed with her strong talent. And on January 28, 1866, Congress gave Vinnie the contract of Lincoln's statue. Vinnie was 18 years old and the first female to receive this honor. She worked every day in her studio and left her door open so that anyone who wanted to watch her work would have the opportunity. Once she had completed her plaster model, she went to Rome in 1869 to have it completed in marble. In all, it took five years to complete the statue. On January 7, 1871, the statue was unveiled at the Capitol Rotunda in Washington, D.C. A Washington newspaper described the reactions of the senators and representatives. Quote, the veil was raised slowly, disclosing first the base, bearing the simple words, Abraham Lincoln, then the well-remembered form, and finally, the head of the patriot martyr. There was a momentary hush, and then an involuntary, warm, and universal demonstration of applause gave the verdict of the distinguished and critical gathering. Vinnie's statue of Lincoln is still on display in the rotunda of the Capitol in Washington, D.C. In 1875, Ream was commissioned from the government to create a bronze statue of Admiral David G. Farragut and was unveiled in 1881 in Washington, D.C. She married in 1878 while working on the Admiral statue. Her husband didn't like her working, and she reluctantly agreed to stop but she would eventually go back to her work. She convinced her husband that she loved it too much to give it up. Later in her life, she suffered from a kidney disease 
So her husband built her a chair in her studio that could be raised and lowered to help her carve more easily. In 1906, she was asked to do a statue of Iowa Governor Samuel Kirkwood and a statue of Sequoia, a Cherokee chief who is given credit for the Cherokee alphabet. She also completed portraits of General Ulysses S. Grant, General George A. Custer, Senator John Sherman, and Congressman Thaddeus Stevens between 1863 and 1867. She also created a sculpture of Sappho, a Greek poet, which she was not commissioned by anyone to create, and one of the only female sculptures she created. And it stands in the Smithsonian American Art Museum. Even though her most famous statues are Abraham Lincoln's and Admiral Farragut that stands in Farragut Square in DC, she has a bronze replica of her Sappho statue at her grave in Arlington Cemetery. She identified herself as the poetic virtue of the sculpting world and traditional feminine art at the time. Oftentimes when we visit monuments, whether they be statues or something else representing an event, most of the time we only see the person or event being portrayed. However, there are people behind the work that designed and created the statues or monuments. The creators have stories too, but they are somehow forgotten in the midst of their work. But Vinnie was happy to work in her studio doing what she loved. Vinnie stated in an address that she gave at an International Council of Women in 1909, quote, I have worked in my studio, not envying kings in their splendor. My mind to me was my kingdom, and my work more than diamonds and rubies, unquote. To Vinnie, her work was her riches. But even so, I believe her story has value. Everyone has stories that should not be forgotten, and Vinnie Ream is no exception. Thank you for listening to Snazzy Stories. Come back again where everyone has a story. Thank you.